Hey, this is Steven Seifert. You're listening to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. It's just me today. Uh, Dan, I hope you're listening. I do anticipate doing more shows with Dan. The last time we did an episode was April of 2020. And they say, you know, if you're going to have a podcast, you need to be consistent. Well, you know, this is this is the best we can do with this. You know, we try to get in one a year. Uh, there's been times where we did uh, one a week. But I just want to check in with you guys, let you know what I've been up to. And uh, I'd love to hear what you've been up to. It's been a absolutely crazy year. Personally. Um, professionally, you know, and I'm doing a podcast by myself. That's an absolutely terrible idea, possibly, but I'm just going to do it. I want to get things moving. I mean, that's kind of the theme. (laughs) It's the theme lately in my head and in my heart. It's let's just get things moving the best way possible, whatever that is. Heather and I feel like we really stood the test of time this last year. Actually stood the test of the situation because we get along and we know it. You know, we've when you're home 24-7 for many months, I guess you really figure some things out, you know. And I'm thankful. Thankful for that. I, a, a big a big idea over the last year is people, and you know, just because of my world, dulcimer players who are home alone, you know, and were for much of that. My mom's one of those people. Um, at first, we were we didn't go over there, you know. Um, if I did, she wore a mask. I wore a mask, and you know, I would do whatever she needed, and I'd get out of there. A lot of alone time for a lot of people. And I think, you know, as much as you can come up with a list of how this technology fails or is not so great, but there's so many good things about it over this last year. And, and really bringing a sense of community for all of us. And not just a sense of community, but bringing community. That's my favorite part of it. I know, um, you know, every Saturday, maybe for the last year, I'm not sure how many, but I'm pretty sure it's about once a week, send in the music, the weekly Saturday jam. That's been a fantastic encouragement for people. First, we we all said, well, you can't really have a jam online, but it turns out you kind of can. I was there for Mother's Day. I was the surprise guest. <laughs> That's another cool thing. Um, you know, Pat has a surprise guest every every week, which is fun, you know. But there was a, I think there was a little over 100 people there. And so what happens is people take turns turning on their microphone and they'll play a tune 
and everybody else can just listen or play along. You know, and of course we can't hear everybody, but it turns out it's good enough. If you're sitting there in an online jam and you can hear the leader playing and you can hear yourself playing, well, that turns out in a pandemic where we're all stuck at home, that turns out to be pretty great, I think. That's that's the thing I kept coming away with from so many different types of activities. It it it's the feeling, you know, that really I needed at a number of points. I was when all this first hit, I was very scared about money and bills because all the work was disappearing. All the festivals were canceling, and it was happening hard and fast. So, you know, I got to work right away. I think, you know, what happened right as, you know, we heard about this virus. I don't know if it was two or three days or what it was, right before I did a four-day intensive in Townsend, Tennessee. And they they still were, you know, they were telling people to be careful, but they weren't telling us to stay at home yet. And I just had a funny feeling about it. So I took a bunch of recording equipment to Townsend, and I recorded my whole four-day because I thought, you know, I don't know what's coming, but I need to have this in the can. When I got home, I really did 12 to 18-hour days. You know, Heather went and got some baby chickens, <laughs> and um, we would walk once or twice a day. We made sure that we had, you know, the right kind of groceries, but pretty much I was editing video around the clock, and I think I did that for about two weeks, and that's when I put up com, where people can learn. That sounds like an advertisement. It is, I guess. But that was my only hope. I don't know what else to do, you know. And Dulcimer School was still happening at that point. So, you know, and I also had all these intensives that I lead, these four-day intensives. And I had to manage that whole situation. So we ended up doing things online. And I had heard of Zoom but I certainly got to know it pretty well in about a, a one-month period. And that's that's what I did at the beginning of all this, was lots of online live instruction, also getting the subscription site working. And that was a lifesaver. So much of this online stuff that's been happening is really good for a lot of performers, first of all. Some of them desperately needed, you know, money. (laughs) And some of them were a little behind on the technology, and this really gave them a chance to catch up. So that's a really great thing, too. But like I said, you know, there there were people alone at home. There was one lady that wrote in and, you know, at the same time, some people were thinking maybe we shouldn't be doing this online stuff, which I never thought that, but there, it was 
you know, that thought's gone around. We got a letter from someone when I, um, I guess we were, it was after the first quarantine festival where we had like 50 or 60 instructors. We got a letter and she said she had used to go to dulcimer festivals, but she had to become a caregiver for her husband and she just never thought she'd probably get to have that kind of fun again. And she thanked us because she said she got to do it again. That really got me thinking. We, you know, it's so easy to criticize this online stuff, but it really does pretty good. It it does pretty well (laughs) Um, at the things it does pretty well. And it turns out it's not everything you need out of life, but it's enough, you know? They, you know, that saying you can't, you, you know, you can please, you can't please everybody all the time, but who said you need to? I I love what's happened. And, you know, so now we're at a point here a year later where teachers know how to use this equipment. Students, for the most part, know how to use this stuff. And going into the future, I see the festivals opening back up. But now we can augment the experience with this online reality. And I think the two go together very well. So I'm very thankful for my colleagues and for my fans. And it's just, it's been good. It really, really is about a good feeling and some days I needed that bad. I, I was doing so much at first that I got burned out. I really, it just got to be too much. And then we had family challenges and Heather's mom passed away with COVID. And um, Heather doing the school stuff, man. They had that. They, they were teaching online and the students in the classroom. It was you know, I had a lot of things I had to take care of here. And um, for a while, I just quit doing stuff online. Not too long ago, I thought, you know, let's get back to a balanced approach here. And it felt so good to see people, to hear people. So that's where I'm at today on all that. I do not know how to do a podcast by myself, but I can... I can keep telling you what I've been excited about. Music became something different for me this last year. I've never been very disciplined, as some of you know. (laughs) But this, so that means, you know, I didn't do my schoolwork in a really disciplined way when I was in high school. But I also didn't practice music in any disciplined way. It's just whenever I kind of wanted to. Uh, one day I might play for six, 12 hours, and then I wouldn't hardly touch it for a week. Some days I played an hour or two every day. You know, there, there was no consistency. And certainly, after becoming a full-time dulcimer traveling, you know, teacher, performer, I mean, I consistently have spent a third of every year on the road. For the better part of maybe 25 years or something, but... No, I never, I never had the opportunity 
since I started doing all this traveling, I haven't had an opportunity to have a regular schedule. So that, you know, I'm already, I already have trouble with a schedule and then you just remove kind of the ability to even have one. What's happened the last year though, is I would wake up. I was waking up at four and five thirty and stuff like that. I would have my coffee. I would sit down and I would immediately start playing music. And it occurred to me early on, you know, I mean, at first I think I did it because I needed it for my sanity, but I started to think maybe this is an opportunity for me to see if that 30 day habit rule works. I forget if it's 23 days or whatever, but I figured I'd have ample opportunity. I just woke up every day. I made coffee. I mean, I usually have coffee, you know, over the last 30 years, I probably have coffee once a month. All through COVID, it was coffee or tea every morning and um, music. And I would say four to six hours every morning, almost without any exceptions. Probably until about a month and a half ago. So I, 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 I got a pretty, just about a year in. And I did something I don't want to admit (laughs) to you, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's probably a terrible idea, but there's got to be some juicy meat in this show, right? The dulcimer. Yeah, I tried guitar early on. It was hard on my body. It was hard to understand. And, um... I've tried it a little bit off and on throughout the years, but pretty much haven't been able to play guitar other than just strum some simple cowboy chords and not even be very good at that, you know. And I've gone, I know, at least a 15-year period where I had no guitar. <laughs> so, um, But I didn't like it in a way. And so that's what probably led me to folk instruments and keyboard instruments like piano, synthesizers. I fell in love with that stuff back in the 80s and 90s. But the the guitar has been one of those role models for me, or guitarists, I should say. You know, when I play the dulcimer, I have many role models. I've got the old Noter style players like Bonnie Russell. And um, Gene Ritchie, you know. But there's also been the chord players. You know, I don't know what you want to call these people, but every kind of music you can do has been tried on a dulcimer. And I love all of it. And the people that have been the best at that, the people that have been the pioneers, who have been the pioneers, I'm trying to learn how to talk correctly, they uh, they really were a great encouragement to me. And I... I'm not one of these people that says, well, I don't like that. I like this, but I don't like that. I usually have this kind of attitude. I'm not into that today or this week or this month, but I might check that out later. And so I've really checked out all this stuff. But the dulcimer, the banjo, the fiddle, the dobro, the mandolin, go on and on with instruments, uh, Irish whistle, accordion, bagpipe, all this stuff, hurdy-gurdies, they've all been... I felt like they've all been teachers to me. And, 
you know, I would see an accordion player do something neat. I would think, I wonder if I can do something like that. I, I've tried a lot of instruments. You know, I was a piano major for a couple of years. But uh, the mountain dulcimer has always been the main thing. So I'm always interpreting everything I see and hear through the, the instrument, the mountain dulcimer. I love that. Love it. And this whole time, you know, mostly I've played a diatonic with a six and a half fret. So I, I usually haven't had a one and a half fret. But the second year or third year, I think it was the third year I played Mountain Dulcimer. So I was probably around 19, 20, something like that. I got my first chromatic dulcimer. And the chromatic dulcimer has been the thing I've always kind of hidden. You know, I might bring it out once in a while. But I always feel like it kind of turns people off. I mean, the main thing about a chromatic dulcimer, it's a dulcimer with all the notes. It has no missing frets. Oh, oh and a half, one, one and a half, two, three, three and a half, four, four and a half, five, six, six and a half, seven. That's the kind of frets you got. Um, I, I'm keenly aware that most people don't have one of those. And if they come to a festival, they don't, they want to see what they have. You know, that's the main reason I don't use a one and a half fret. I especially like beginners and um, intermediates to see that I play kind of what they have. Because I think that's exciting. I think that's fun. But in the background, I've been playing this chromatic all these years. And I would even say the chromatic dulcimer has taught me so much about the regular dulcimer. Now, I will never stop playing either one of them. You know, the traditional dulcimer, there's so many benefits to it. So many. I will never... I love playing it. I, my favorite thing is when you slide, you hear a scale. You don't get that on the chromatic. And you can use that to your advantage. The other thing I like about the diatonic is there's fewer choices, and that helps you relax when you're making up stuff. And I love to make up music. Improvising is my true passion. Anyway, you know, as I've sat with the chromatic at home typically by myself, I I watch other instruments and I the chromatic's been a great way to try to do all that stuff. But so much of it's been a mystery. As far as guitarists, you know, I remember hearing Chet Atkins or Les Paul, Mary Ford. I remember Jose Feliciano records. Of course, I listened to all kinds of rock and roll over the years. And blues, all kinds of guitar stuff, but I didn't, you know, I would hear stuff I thought was cool and I would think, well, I'm going to try to do something that feels like that to me on the chromatic. I never really tried to learn stuff note for note, but it was always discouraging. It was like a puzzle, big puzzle. What am I getting to here? Well, I spent a lot of time learning the guitar, trying to at least. I don't want anybody to know that because I'm afraid it'll ruin the romance <laughs> of me as the tragic, martyred dulcimer player. But my original thought was, I have some amount of time here at home. I want to see if I can learn to be disciplined and work every day and kind of go to school again. 
go to music school again. Um, there's a saxophone player, Sonny Rollins. And he talks about a time where he just quit playing with the jazz groups and he went and stood on this bridge. I think it was in New York. And he just practiced. He said he had to kind of reinvent himself. He had to learn. He had to get better at the things he knew he, he was not good at. That's what I did this year. And I started with the guitar. And all along, my goal has been to understand music better so that I can take that stuff to the dulcimer. Because, y'all, there's really, I mean, there's people I want to learn from. There's people on the dulcimer who are better at things. And, you know, Aaron O'Rourke comes to mind. <laughs> There's things, there's, there's people out there I can learn from, but for the most part, I can't go buy a book on the things I need to get better at on Dulcimer. I can't sign up for a subscription website, you know, um, when I take music lessons, I take lessons from non Dulcimer players and then it's my job to try to make that work. But this year I thought, let's. Let's see if the guitar can teach me to play the dulcimer better. And I got to tell you, it, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to be a part of the guitar. I've even hated the guitar, <laughs> especially when somebody would find out I had a chromatic dulcimer and they'd say, why don't you just play a guitar? You know, I've, I've, I've wanted to prove, and somebody will say, oh, I bet you play guitar. And I love being able to say, no, I don't. I'm, I'm a dulcimer player. But it was just time to woodshed. It was time to practice. It was time to learn. And what I found out is, number one, after you do something, after about 30 days, it becomes hard to stop. And so that was a great lesson for me. The... I would get out of bed and I would work on music with the guitar and it got to where I couldn't stop. I mean, I four to six hours a day and then I was good the rest of the day. And then sometimes I played at night for a couple hours. Um, but very focused. And, and then I started thinking, man, I need to switch to dulcimer, but I couldn't stop the guitar. Now, I hate telling you this because it's already breaking your heart, but... What I found out is the dulcimer is easy for the beginner compared to the guitar. If, if you're going to take somebody who's new to music and you really want to get them rolling, I say give them a dulcimer. Where the dulcimer starts to become quite a challenge is on the more advanced music. And part of that is we're still learning how to play the darn thing. You know, we're still trying to figure out what role it plays in music. But the other thing is it's just, it's limited in some ways. And it's it's hard to play fancy stuff on a dulcimer, I think. And what I learned about the guitar is, while it, for the most part, I think is not a good beginner instrument. I mean, if you're just learning a few chords, fine. But the the guitar is kind of like this big maze. It's got too many strings, too many notes. But once you get through that beginner stuff, it really 
it's easier to play fancy music on a guitar. There's many advantages about it. And what that meant for me was I was able to take things, take uh, areas of music that have been a mystery to me and learn about them on the guitar, an instrument that I think makes it easier to learn those things. And once the idea was in my head, I was able to look at the mountain dulcimer and say, all right, now how can I do that on there? And I'm telling you guys, it is so exciting. And I have been playing the chromatic for the last two months in particular. It's harder. <laughs> Some of this stuff's a little harder than the guitar, but so much reward lies in it, really. And I have... You know, I needed this. This is the thing. I have been doing dulcimer since I was 16, and I'm 47. I think I'm 47. I think so. You know, sometimes I'll feel like somebody's a little bit judgy with me about, well, you shouldn't do that on a dulcimer, or why aren't you doing more of this? And it's it's like, look, I've been doing this my whole life. Give me a break. <laughs> you know? I love the dulcimer, but it's like it got stale for me a little bit there, especially when I was online doing it every day and I wasn't getting to go out to eat with people and we weren't all laughing together. And um, I needed some new information. My, You know, one of my favorite things about the dulcimer has always been learning and pioneering musical ideas on the instrument. And it, I had just kind of run out of some adventures and the guitar gave that back to me. Um, and I did a bunch of online learning and I took some lessons from some incredible players and, um, I have a full, full plate. <laughs> I have a full plate ahead of me for the mountain dulcimer. I also got some really good encouragement. I took, um, a lesson from a very, very good jazz player. He's very well known. And, he really encouraged me. You know, he said, well, let me hear you play a little bit. You know, before we jump into a lesson, I just wanted to hear you play some stuff, you know. And actually, I got this from a few different teachers. They, I hate to say it, but I kind of needed permission to do some of this stuff. And they gave me permission to do it. It got to a point on the guitar where I was starting to know more about the guitar than I know about the dulcimer. And that's when I finally stopped playing the guitar. And, you know, I'm probably going to learn more from it and enjoy it. But what am I supposed to do with the guitar? I live basically in Nashville, Tennessee, where the plumber is a very good guitar player. So is your tree guy. So is the guy who mows the yard, your realtor. Everybody probably plays guitar better than me, right? So, I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities. And really, I'm a dulcimer player, you know. So, gosh, I am, I'm just bare my soul. So, I no longer feel like I'm bored. I have new things to learn on the dulcimer, new things to develop. Um, there, I did it, I told you. I hope we can still be friends, you know. But I'll tell you, I'll break your heart again if you want. If you want a little more. A lot of really good 
mountain dulcimer players have secret pasts on other instruments. <laughs> you know, I won't tell you who, but so-and-so has a jazz guitar degree. This other one has a classical guitar degree. This other one played Scruggs-style five-string banjo and bluegrass bands for years. You know, this this other one has a Ph.D. in uh, trumpet performance. <laughs> or is it pedagogy? I'm not sure. I could go on and on. And that discourages people, too. You know? I'm getting older, and I'm starting to think about the time I have left, and what do I want to do, and how much progress can I make, and... But here, guys, I want to give you some encouragement. These instruments are fun to learn and they're fun to play. And at the end of the day, what else do you need to know? There's people on this earth I will never be able to compete with. I can't be them, and I really don't want to be them. I really want to be the best version of me I can be. My fiance Heather, she talks about how some people are fast learners. Um, there's different kinds of learners. Some people are slow learners, but deep. <laughs> I kind of think I might be something like that, maybe. You know, I'm not going to be as deep as some, but I'm not fast. And I feel like, you know, I'm 47. I feel like I'm finally starting to figure out music. You know, Eddie Van Halen seems to have figured out a lot of music, you know, by the time he was 22, probably, you know. But also, you know, there's a lot of people where it's all they did was music. You know, 12, 18 hours a day for years and years. That's not me either. I can't handle that. I got to have other things in my life. And I got to have people in my life. I got two kids, you know. I got a mom. I got all kinds of friends. and It's, um, I just want you to know that I'm really happy with where I'm at musically. I have so many things I'm excited about learning and. I want to encourage you because there were some days I would think, why am I learning guitar? Why am I learning how to do this thing? You know? And I even think that with the dulcimer sometimes. And here's the answer it always comes down to. Because I want to. And I know that's not, that's not always a good answer. You know? Why are you skipping class at college? Well, because I want to. Well, not a good enough answer, you know? But maybe for music... If you keep it in the right context, maybe that's enough for music. Do it because you want to. I can tell you this. I'm so excited that I'm learning new stuff. But it it hasn't really become really more fun than it was 20 years ago. You know? I think that first week I had a dulcimer, it's about the same amount of fun. And I... You know, I've, I certainly like that I've learned stuff and I can and play with other people and I do like performing, but I, it's like I went back to school, man. What a beautiful opportunity. I can give you a long list of terrible things that happen. 
this last year, but some of the good stuff, people who were stuck home alone got to not be so alone. You know, so many of us got to work on our music and get better at it. A lot of dulcimer performers and teachers are now more equipped to make a living so that they can buy health insurance, you know. Here's a cool thing that I think's happened. Moving on from guitar, I may never mention that instrument again. <laughs> uh, one of the cool things that happened is some of our dulcimer players, the, um, the real pioneers, maybe they got into an area of dulcimer that not many folks would be into. Well, here's an example. I was talking with somebody who back in the 1980s was really well known for doing four equidistant alternate tunings. Well, what does that mean? Well, you take the you take a dulcimer that has a bass and a middle and a double melody and you divide everything so that there's four. So you actually have like a four-string instrument. They're equally spaced. And then you start exploring all kinds of different tunings. And that person loves doing this. She loves it. You know, you can't. That's the that's the reason I don't like to be judgy with what people do with a dulcimer. What are you supposed to tell somebody? You shouldn't be doing that. You should do what I want you to do on a dulcimer. That's stupid. It's ridiculous. Jerry Rockwell talks about in the 60s, people would say, hey, man, that's your trip. Don't try to lay your trip on me, man. You're trying to make your trip my trip. Well, so this this lady, this is her passion. God bless her to have a passion, right? So she's doing all this four-string stuff and all these different tunings. But what's the downside of that? Well, it's harder to sell books, which means... You now don't have the money you need to actually be going to festivals. Now you can't go to festivals. You know, when you do go to a festival, the festival organizer says, look, I love your four-string stuff with all those weird tunings, uh, but we need to fill these classes up because, you know, it's just reality. So some of the, some of the, I don't know, some of the more unusual dulcimer topics have not been able to be healthy at the festivals because there's just not enough people wanting to learn them. But what has happened this last year is some of these people are now able to take these ideas online. So you get to the online marketplace and you say, hey, I'm doing four-string tuned D, G, B flat, D from the bass to the melody. I'm doing a workshop. I'm doing a concert. Is anyone on earth interested? So usually a festival, it's like, is anybody, you know, at the festival interested? Well, no, no, now we're talking about the whole earth. And this is really cool because this player I'm talking about, she can announce one of these obscure topics and she might find 12 people who love that topic and 12 more who are interested. So in a way... This makes this makes some of the stranger topics now more available to the whole planet. And we're recording all this stuff, so maybe the information will be around for future generations. I'll tell you something I like about all this online stuff. Somebody else said, I don't have a car, 
and I don't have money, and I would love to go to these festivals, but I can't afford it. Boom. Now you can be part of something. You can learn. You can have fun. That's one of the best things. Uh, There's been some festival directors and attendees and teachers who've said, hey, I don't like this online stuff. I don't think it's good. Well, I'll tell you, festivals shouldn't only be for people you know, that can afford to do it. Some people don't have the time, the health, or the money. So we can still have festivals, y'all. Like Butch Ross said, people still want vacations. They still like to get away from, you know, all their responsibilities and go have a good time for the weekend. That's not going away. We just have more now. And as things hopefully start to normalize, we can just put things in balance. You know, one of my favorite ideas is a festival. Like, listen to this idea. Let's say it's a how to learn by ear festival. So you meet a month ahead of time online for a whole Saturday. All kinds of tips about learning by ear, technique tips for playing. But you're kind of introduced to, let's say, 15 melodies, 15 tunes. And you're given instructions on what to do the next 30 days on home by yourself. Listen to these every day if you can. Sing along with them, even if you can only get a few notes here or there. Every day sing along with this stuff for a month. Then you go to the actual physical event, you know, where it's in person. You've just been singing along with those 15 tunes for 30 days. And now a class on how to play by ear starts to make sense. Because you see a lot of times we're trying to do too much in one hour. If you if you listen to songs, if you listen to 15 songs for 30 days and you sing along best you can every day, no matter how terrible it sounds, then you get to that actual event where you're learning by ear. You, you can't believe the difference it makes. And then what if two weeks after the on-site festival, there's another online where you kind of check in, ask questions, you know. Here's another idea. Music theory, it shouldn't be taught really fast. Music theory, it's like learning math. Do you really want to learn everything from basic arithmetic to advanced trigonometry and, and, and equations and all that? Do you really want to learn all that in an hour, a day, a weekend, a week? So I love the idea that... Um, Somebody could take a year of their life online and just do one concept every other week and augment it with actual in-person works. It's just, there's all kinds of possibilities. I'm excited about it. So, there's enough on that topic. So, what do we got here? (laughs) Number one, I think this is all, the online stuff's been good. It's, it's good enough, and, and some things it excels. I love that the guitar has been my dulcimer teacher this last year, and I've really been enjoying playing chromatic. And, you know, oh, I'm so afraid you'll think, oh, he's switched to chromatic. No, it's both. <laughs> it's both, and I should quit being afraid all the time anyway. Um, Terry McCafferty, my, my builder, 
And he builds the instruments I've been playing for the last few years. He's working on a new one. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. But um, I've been playing his instruments for a few years. We've been making little changes, little improvements. Man, I shouldn't say any of this. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Terry, if you're listening, I hope I get this right. We're talking about a possible head, re- uh, redesigning the head a little bit. We're talking about putting a magnetic pickup in it and maybe an acoustic as well. Um, lots of little changes, maybe. Maybe get rid of the zero fret. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But um, I'm really excited because we're talking about bass, an acoustic instrument with excellent pickups in it, where it really sounds fantastic. Um, blending magnetic with piezo and a microphone. But he's also talking about a solid body. A solid body electric dulcimer. I'm excited about that possibility. Heather is uh, current. She's right now teaching her last day, last full day with kids, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. She's excited about the garden. Her daughter has a house down in uh, Chattanooga, right next to Dan and Signal Mountain. And we're going to be going down there and working on that place and hopefully spending time with Dan, Aaron, and Butch and the whole crew down there. Um, I'm really, I've been putting a lot of work onto um, mountaindulcimeratoz.com. I should talk about Dulcimer School for a second. Dulcimer School started nine, ten years ago. It's a really great thing and it was mostly me and Dan Dan and I talked on Dulcimer School and sometimes we'd have Stephen Humphreys Aaron O'Rourke there were some other folks but pretty much me and Dan and and then Aaron towards the end and we eventually the company that was running it just they had to move on to other things and so they've been so good to us and some of you who were subscribers so everybody's still friends and everything, but you know, we did have to close the doors on it, and um, we're all in the process of reusing that content, and and um, that's been a heck of a job. But I want to move into the future. I think I'm a better musician now. What a rare opportunity! You know, I I I I don't want to stop growing. And I feel like I got a real good dose of growing. I'm really excited about using that new musicality in different situations. You know, I I do want to come up with cool versions of dulcimer covers. I do want to be a better improviser. And heck, maybe I can play backup guitar for Rick Thumb now. You know, something like that. Before the guitar experience, I was learning Irish music and mandolin and, and, and totally transformed my ear in about a three to four month period by constantly singing along with Irish tunes played at a slower tempo. I did that for two months. I think I've talked about this before, but I didn't even allow myself to touch an instrument. Sing along with uh, over 100 tunes over and over and over and over for two, three months. And then just that terrible singing I was doing transformed my ear, my perception of music. Now, when I hear fast stuff, it all sounds slower. Get a load of that. 
So I want to I want to go to some of these sessions, Irish sessions in Asheville with uh, my whistle, my mandolin, my dulcimer. Uh, I feel like I'm a better sight reader. I play better by ear. I'm a better improviser. I understand more of what I need to get better at with the dulcimer. I want to make sure my online presence is healthy. I've started doing the jams and the hangouts again, and but I've already started booking gigs, so um. The first gig, the first official gig right now, I think it's official, Knoxville Symphony. Um, get to do Blackberry Winter with them in April of 2022. I don't have any physical work for the rest of 2021, <laughs> so I'll be busy online and I'll be busy booking 2022. I want to be home more. I'm thinking of doing... Instead of being gone a third of the year, I think I would, I'd like to do no more than maybe 12 festivals a year. And I guess that's a lot for some folks. But this online thing, I think it's going to enable me to have more of a family life. You know, my kids just graduated. We all live in the same town. I want to enjoy that kind of stuff. I love going to festivals. I just hate being gone, really. Um, so a nice balance will work here. Hey, you hammer dulcimer people. <laughs> I hope you've been metaphorically um, listening to me, you know, creating truths for your own particular self. Um, I kind of want Dan to let me borrow a nice hammer dulcimer. We've had them in and out of the house um, over the last couple of years. Heather's been learning to play. She took a whole bunch of classes. She did Rick Thumbs class twice, a lot of workshops. I was showing her a lot of chord shapes. and But I don't, I'm going to give you something to work on, everybody here. Number one, play music because it's fun. It should serve you, not the other way around. Your instrument serves you. And then you can turn around and serve people with it, you know, but do what you're excited about. And if you're not excited about something, don't do it. Have some fun with this stuff, but figure out how you could get better in the next year. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Like for me, if I'm going to work on my hammer dulcimer playing, I'll tell you one thing I want to get better at. I want to be able to play fiddle tunes, left-hand lead, or right-hand lead. And I've actually worked on this a little. And what's interesting is, you know, when you're doing a fiddle tune with a bunch of eighth-note pairs and the occasional quarter note, when you're left-hand lead, you leave out the second note of some of your eighth-note pairs. When you're right-hand lead, you do the same thing, but it turns out to be other notes. So sometimes it's a matter of convenience. I'm just imagining with all the stuff I've got to do, if I'm going to play that hammer dulcimer in there better... That's one thing I want to do. I want to be able to improvise variations on whiskey before breakfast, left-hand lead, and then switch and do right-hand lead. Because ultimately, I want to be able to do whatever. You know, I don't want to adhere to one system or the other, but... You know, some of the people are the best musicians adhere to one system or the other. This is true. Some of the ones who are more versatile, maybe. I don't know. It depends on you and how much time you got. That's a whole nother topic. Another is not a word, <laughs> says mother. Um, 
I want to thank you guys for being here with me. I'm going to go ahead and close the show down. I just did a show by myself. It looks like 47 minutes and 58 seconds so far. Um, find something to get better at. And uh, stay healthy. And let's hit some festivals, man. And if you can't do the festivals, get involved online somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and throw an advertisement at the end here. Dulcimer Players News Magazine. DPNews.com. Go check it out. Please subscribe. It's a great thing. It's Be a part of that world. It's a beautiful magazine. It's so fun when it shows up. So, um, Dulcimer Players News Magazine. Thank you guys very much. Hopefully we can get Dan on here. Uh, but if not, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, you take care. Adios. Adios.